the Augustin Hosinga show with your host Augustin Hosinga. Smack the shit out your bitch ass midget girlfriend, nigga. <laughs> Welcome back to the Agostino Zynga Show with I, your host, Agostino Zynga, and this is episode number 693. That's 693 of the Agostino Zynga Show with I, your host, Agostino Zynga, and I hope you are doing well wherever this live stream may find you. I hope you are doing swimmingly. I really, really do. How have I been over the last few weeks or so? pretty good i'm not gonna lie pretty bloody good um not really been much on the social evenings and occurrences out to be honest for the most part i've just been really lazy i had some tickets to go and see daria um Kosova and her flipping husband what's his name etap kyle playing in e1 over the weekend but i completely forgot about it um this has been one of my usual sort of missteps when it comes to buying tickets for flipping dance music sort of situations and whatnot for some reason and I'll buy them and I just kind of you know forget I have them and then the event happened I am kind of scratching my balls at home wondering and trying to think of things to do when I already have tickets and stuff but I've forgotten to go to it so that's been a bit of a bummer but to be honest because I didn't make much of an effort to try and check things out most likely you know it probably wasn't something I was eagerly eagerly looking forward to either so I haven't really missed out on too much in that regard this weekend's been pretty busy I think on the kind of going out front here in the UK we've had flipping Junction 2 festival and a few other parties um over in Europe especially in Berlin it's been Berlin Pride so there's been a lot of kind of street festivals and you know floats and stuff and people parading around the streets flying their flipping lgbtq plus flags all over the place that's been pretty cool to watch from the outside in on instagram and whatnot but nothing really has been kind of jumping out at me if anything we've got a couple of good events happening i think this weekend actually in london which looked pretty interesting such like body movements festival which i'll probably talk about later and a few other bits and bobs i want to go see is like a heron sauna after party happening as well over the weekend so a few things on the fucking docket but again i just haven't had the urge you know to really get out there as i probably should have beforehand but you know replace the urge to get out there with having to run um, I fixed my bike over the weekend that's been pretty decent I had to go buy some new straps and some new grips and a new flipping um, little cover for my seat because I like to have the little gel seat so it can kind of gently massage my massive derriere so that's been pretty decent to kind of get fitted out over the weekend and for the most part catch up on a few shows that I've also been watching so not too much on a going out front but that will probably change next week that will probably change next week one thing i have been pretty interested in watching from the outside in as just like a eager spectator has been some of the backlash that old doja cat's been getting online which has been really surprising to see it kind of play out the way it's been playing out um i don't really understand why she seems to have such a um, what, what would you call it such an um antagonistic is it is that a word 
antagonistic flipping relationship with her fans i know some people like to do that some artists like to have a little bit of a you know of a friendly back and forth with their fans where it's not super serious but you kind of always take the piss out of them the kind of one that jumps out to me first of all will probably be um what's his face probably be Tyler the Creator when he kind of first came about they kind of had a little bit of a fraught relationship with their fans where it wasn't always you know kisses and rainbows and shit and sometimes they'd get really annoyed but most of the time it was it was kind of a used as a ploy to kind of feign feign a little bit of flipping you know a little bit of friction between you and your fan base and make it seem as if it's all fraught when really and truly deep down you love and appreciate them but for some reason i get the feeling from doja cat she doesn't really feel the same way and from what i can see most of it kind of stems from the negative reaction she's been getting because of her alleged boyfriend that she's going out with. I think the story is that her boyfriend um, may or may not be an abuser and then the victim um, who the, that boyfriend allegedly may have abused essentially reached out to Doja Cat directly to tell her what happened and what not and fill her in um, as kind of women like to do and Doja didn't really respond too well to it or maybe she did I'm not too sure how you read getting blocked but she decided to just block the lady and I guess people on the internet saw that as her basically saying hey I don't give a fuck what that guy did to you he's my man now go fuck yourself and that lady didn't really receive it too well and neither did the fans but you sit there and you think to yourself hmm what do the fans want? Do the fans want to dictate who she dates and who she goes out with? Is that what they actually want? They actually want to maintain that sort of power and influence over her life where they kind of decide um, who she kind of is dating and who she kind of goes out with. It's a very, very bizarre sense of entitlement and just, you know, lack of minding your business that some fans kind of have. And I think a lot of it kind of stems from stand culture because nowadays if you're a popping artist especially if you're on the doja cat level where you're essentially trying to ascend to those kind of lofty rihanna sort of heights or nikki and heights wherever it may be most likely you're going to employ or you're going to encourage that sort of stand side of your fandom because they're the ones that are really going to get you over the edge to terms of kind of blowing and getting to the next level and becoming that superstar so you kind of need a lot of those fanatics who follow your every move know everything about you or think they do and kind of you know spend their entire lives dedicated to just knowing everything about you inwards and outwards but sometimes it can obviously be for the worst because you can feel like you don't really have any privacy and you see a lot with these south korean singers these k-pop stars especially these black pink girls i see all the time from time to time especially when they go on holiday or they're just out and about milling around with their friends they essentially have to you know go into hiding when they step outside put a how and low you know really make it known that they don't want to stop and chat with the fans acknowledge them with a little hand wave but it kind of seems like a little bit of a prison in its own self you can't really go out and about and do your own thing you kind of always have to watch your back because there's always going to be an eager fan running around slapping a picture of you when you're maybe in an uncompromising position or when maybe when you're just minding your own business but it's a very strange anyway affair of all and i think the latest sort of chapter in dojo cat against her fans um on top of you know rehashed images are being shared now of her allegedly being in these kind of tiny url chat rooms with people that you know people on the internet or people that prescribe to a certain political ideology probably don't like which i don't really understand it to be fair it just feels like discord type of stuff but you know people describe that as like right-wing incel shit but people don't like it but the other thing to kind of add to the chapter of Doja Cat against her fans has been this little affair that Pop Basis spoke about, where essentially Doja just went on threads 
I guess because that's her platform now, she prefers to talk on there because I guess, you know, probably doesn't get as much blowback as she would do on Twitter. Um, and she decided to write the following, which is an interesting kind of post to put out there, just unprovoked. It was like, my fans don't name themselves shit. If you call yourselves a kitten or a fucking kittens, that means you need to get off your fucking phone, get a job and help your parents with the house. <laughs> don't get me wrong the sentiment is pretty good but the fucking level of aggression that she's coming out with her fans for deciding to call themselves something cute which most fans do right they have a name for their own themselves as a collective of a fan you know to, you know, to name their collective fan base or maybe the the artists themselves gives them this sort of name um you know the, uh, the easy example you can think of was monsters with flipping you know lady gaga and shit but i guess doja isn't a fan of this and maybe because it's come off the back of the internet for the last two days trying to cancel her because she's allegedly got a boyfriend that may be an abuser and then the pictures of her coming out being in these tiny chat rooms there's something definitely going on with her but i would like to know what the deal was i wonder if it's just one of those things where you know i've kind of spoken about it sometimes as well in a pod before there is this lack of understanding or appreciation of what must must happen imagine if you're like incredibly talented at what you do but you just don't like what you do like imagine you got a God-given gift of singing or being able to put records together of dancing or rapping, but you generally don't enjoy doing it. You hate every aspect of being a celebrity. You hate every aspect of fucking performing, but it just happens to be the one thing that you excel at easily. You can write songs in your sleep. You can perform, you know, sold out shows and amazing choreography, you know, with your, you know, going with your hind times behind your back, but you don't actually enjoy it. You don't actually enjoy the fucking life that it kind of brings you and there must be a weird prison to be in because i've got a feeling that might be part of it or this might stem from the you know quite obvious self-hatred that she a little bit has which she kind of you know it comes out in certain bits of her blackness which i think some people have spoken about i haven't really seen it myself but i've seen some fans say that there is some evidence out there of her basically saying that she's a bit of a self-hating black person because she doesn't really have a good relationship with her dad i think who may be black and the mum is white so let me kind of play into it um but i've just generally kind of my kind of my kind of hard time of getting on the flipping doja cat train has just been because i guess i'm unfortunately one of those people who kind of takes everybody as a package i'm very I find it hard to separate the person from the art at all times. So when it, when I look at Doja Cat, I just look at somebody and I think to myself, you just you just come across very unpleasant, which I'm probably sure she's not, but she just comes across very unlikable. So it's difficult to kind of get into her and root for her because unfortunately, I feel like nowadays, um, artistry, especially when it comes to music, is intrinsically tied to your likability. Like it's just one of those things. Unless you come into the game um not wanting anybody to kind of get to know who you are as a person and not using your personality as a sort of thing like maybe like a Kendrick Lamar does right where he just kind of you know uses his art and his music to kind of tell stories but he's not exactly trying to be Mr. Charismatic that's probably different but I feel like most artists out there have to kind of you know work both things at the same time they have to probably have a popping personality and kind of focus on the music in order for it to kind of blow up and I feel like for whatever reason it's probably not her fault but Doja just comes across as somebody who I don't know I just probably wouldn't like or get along with in the slightest and it may have to do with the whole self-hating black thing it may have to do with the whole only dating white dudes thing which I find very very odd um for whatever reason I know it's a preference everyone's got their preference but I find just like you know specifically only being into very you know very very Caucasian looking men who usually look like shit I just find it very strange 
and then just in general just with this weird relationship she seems to have with her fans where she seems to really really despise them in all its facets is really bizarre because i always get the feeling that she's you know meant to be she's kind of destined for great things she's sort of destined to be the kind of heir to the throne when it comes to you know um people like a nikki people like a rihanna she's obviously the only logical choice i feel like out of that whole cohort of girls because she's really talented she's got great range she can rap she can sing um choreography is on point um creative direction is great good style looks amazing like everything kind of ticks the boxes but there's just something missing and most of it has to do with her kind of i think in my personal opinion just personality that she comes across a little bit icky you know what i mean someone that you probably wouldn't like and in some respects like she kind of gives me a lot of like azalea banks energy similar to that sort of stuff like you know azalea banks are the same right incredibly talented incredibly amazing at putting songs together clearly an artist with a capital a but as a human being not a lot of people out there are really rooting for Azalea Banks, you know, to win. And I think that this is starting to happen to, you know, um, Doja. Maybe she wants this. Maybe she actually wants this. Maybe she's purposely doing this to sort of rid herself of the fan base that she doesn't like in the same way the DJ sometimes. I remember this one DJ guy that I used to know, you know, I, I feel like it was just an excuse to just cover up because he was a shit DJ. But he used to always say that he enjoyed clearing the dance floor. And the idea behind it was that imagine you're in a sort of like party, they're playing fucking break beats, drum and bass, jungle, bass music, house music, whatever. He would just come in and just play a fucking jazz record for nine minutes, right? Like after the, the other guy before him played or something. Imagine you're coming on after fucking one man or something and then you just play fucking a jazz tune for like nine minutes or a country record for four minutes and you effectively kill the mood and kill the dance floor. But he used to purposely like doing that because he wanted to quote-unquote reset the room and maybe that's what she's doing maybe she wants to reset her fan base so that she has a particular fan base that kind of knows how to behave knows what she likes doesn't like and they can kind of go along with that way she doesn't have to keep you know explaining herself or feel like she doesn't have fans that really get what she's on about i'm not really too sure either way it's been fascinating to watch from afar and i'm eager to see how this plays out because i have a feeling more likely than not it won't end well because i feel like you know whenever artists feel as if they're not they're irreplaceable and they're the special ones usually the fan bases decide to remind them who's really in charge and it goes another way because i think most of these guys unfortunately because i think if i was her what i would do is just focus on the art if it was me like but then again i think you know a lot of these people for some reason have a very you know they don't really have great self-awareness for some reason i'm not really too sure why it is but i feel like if i was a doja i would i would be very aware of how unlikable i am just as a human being because of my love interest because of my attitude because of how i speak how i act, walk talk whatever how i troll whatever it may be i would understand that some people just won't like certain things about me and what i'll do is i'll just focus on the art i'll just focus on putting out good music i'd focus on, on making amazing videos putting on amazing live shows and just keep it trucking that's what i would personally do but a lot of these guys and girls they whine and complain about certain fan interaction and whatnot but they want everything they want to be left alone but they want all the accolades um then they want all the understanding then they want not to be judged it's like a fucking weird game that they all play so i feel like in the end this might end up biting her in the foot but let's wait and see how this plays out but doja is definitely not feeling the fans calling themselves kittens and she's not feeling her fans in general being fans <laughs> which is fucking weird um moving on from that one i've also been watching hijack um 
I know I spoke very well and very glowingly about this show in a previous pod and I said how much I've been enjoying it. It's a series um, starring Idris Elba that essentially um, depicts him being um, caught in a plane as it's being hijacked and trying his best to negotiate with the with the with the fucking you know with the hijackers as a resolution to kind of get the plane down so he can return back to his family and on the ground there's lots of shit going on at the same time with the hijackers extended team killing people that are associated with getting the high the plane hijacked and whatnot and blah 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 so loads of political loads of political shit going on loads of socioeconomic shit going on loads of relationship familial dramas going on cultural differences on the plane blah 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 it started off pretty well but now that i just watched episode five i have to say it's kind of shit it's kind of shit <laughs> it's kind of feeling like a cash grab um i don't blame idris you know he's he's a stellar fucking actor he's he still comes out of this pretty decently personally um i feel like he does that same luther face in this state you know the entire time i feel like there's not much change in his facial expressions or his demeanor which is a bit strange but i still feels like he carries the entire show but it's pretty empty it's pretty pointless and i feel like it's one of those shows once the plane lands similar to like prison break once everyone kind of escapes from prison there's no real need for that show to exist right that, that's why that first season was so goaded seeing this seemingly regular dude be in prison having to put all the tattoos on his body to have the map and shit the whole conflict of being in prison and the politics inside there bloody blah 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 all the close shaves but once you finally get out and you break out of prison, once the fucking hijacked plane finally lands, the premise of the entire show goes away. And I feel like the show's sort of starting to lose its momentum. And for me, I feel like a lot of this may be in part due to how shows are sold. Because I don't really know much about it, but having, if I could guess, talking out my ass like people doing podcasts, I'd say, most likely, if you're going to sell a show you must likely put together a pretty decent pilot. So maybe you have like one to three episodes that are fucking banging or maybe even two. So I feel like they, they put all their fucking great writers and great premises into a really tight, you know, script and whatnot show for the first two episodes, which kind of hooked me. But then ever since then, it's gone to complete kapup. That's why I feel it happens. And this is why I think to me, um, why the whole writer strike or the actors Hollywood strike is kind of pointless because if anything you're not going to get the regular fan or the regular kind of civilian consumer like myself to give a fuck because i think we can all notice no matter what type of shows that we like to watch whether it's reality tv shows whether it's cop dramas like i do thrillers horror stuff we can all admit whatever our flavor of content is the writing is terrible and everything everything the quality has kind of gone down right it's kind of gone horribly horribly down i could even look at it as this is a horrible example but that show i used to love watching fucking bar rescue bar rescue was pretty decent when it first started out but now it's really really unwatchable and i feel like a lot of it has to do with the fact that writing and the people that put shows together just aren't as good as they once were maybe you're not incentivized to create really good shows on whatever level it is i don't know what it is but there's definitely something to be said for these shows essentially honey dicking you and making you feel like you're gonna fucking watch a really banger of a show you start watching it and then you realize oh this is fucking terrible you know it kind of got me in there um it kind of pulled me in but nothing is really going on and it kind of feels like as soon as this plane lands 
um, wherever it does end up landing, this show kind of is going to run out of steam and we're not going to be caring anymore because I don't know. I'm not really invested in the characters. I think there's even a, a scene, maybe I'm mistaken, maybe I, I glanced at my phone when it happened, but I'm pretty sure that there's a scene in one of the episodes, you know, spoiler alert here, maybe episode three or four, where one of the passengers in the plane gets killed and you don't actually see who the person is. You don't see it happening. And you don't see who it is, which is weird and bizarre. So there's some things that they kind of let you, you know, figure out in your own imagination. Then when a whole entire family gets murked in some kind, I think in the Middle Eastern country somewhere, you see that happening. But for some reason, they don't show you who actually died on the plane. You just see their fucking feet or their Birkenstocks. So I guess you've got to like work it out yourself. But it's really strange. It's a very strange series. It's sort of really losing a bit of the steam for me. I'm starting to lose interest, but as per usual with these motherfuckers, what they do is that they hook you in and they know that most people are like myself, uh, where if you're already three episodes in, it's really hard to kind of just bail. I might bail after one or two, but I'm not going to bail after four and five. So because I'm already here, I'm going to just, you know, see until the end and waste more of my time. But most likely I won't be back for season two, if there is a season two. Uh, if this gets to season two, I'll be shocked. No, I won't be shocked, actually. Let me take that back. I won't be shocked to get season two because it's fairly easy viewing. The premise doesn't require much brain power to kind of figure out what's going on. Um, it's got, obviously, Idris, who's obviously super popular, and he's going to obviously get people to flock to it. And over time, you can maybe insert some other celebrity, you know, guest in there to kind of pop it up a little bit. But overall, it's a fairly crappy show. I'm not going to lie. Fairly, fairly crappy show. And I'm kind of upset that I'm already in and I can't get out. So hijack, I don't know, man. After episode five, I'm a little bit miffed by it. I'm not going to lie, a little bit, a little bit miffed by it. And I wish that I could have maybe um, taken a pause, let it breathe a little bit, and then maybe tried it out, you know, after five. Because I might do that going forward with the shows. Instead of watching it straight away when they come out, give it some time give it a couple episodes and then come back later to see what the deal is but i kind of jumped the gun and now i'm kind of paying the price so it kind of is my fault i guess uh big up everybody in the chat hanging in uh big up coiler there in the chat i see you brother what's good so i love her music i can't lie what's people saying here line dancing and charlie the phoenix Kyle saying they love um Jake, john tapper as oh well. yeah john tapper was awesome man that show and see bar rescue was re i don't know maybe because at the time i was watching it because I think I was, you know, in my sort of fantasy era of thinking I went to have my own bar, which I still do, probably have a club and shit. But I guess that kind of drew my interest around then. But there was something about those early, you know, kitchen nightmares, um, you know, what's the other Gordon Ramsay show where he goes and improves restaurants, that sort of shit. And then, you know, Bar Rescue, that were really good TV, gripping shit. You never went to miss episode. But for nowadays, when I try and watch Bar Rescue, I'm like, Ish, this show wasn't what it once was. But hey maybe i'm in the wrong moving on another show i've been watching is foundation foundation season two has just popped off we're about two episodes in so far and i'm really enjoying it now i haven't read the books just yet um, i've been just watching the show i've got probably too many on my list now that i still haven't even read from the past few months that i've flipping purchased i haven't really properly watched it anytime soon but i have really really enjoyed really 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 enjoyed watching foundation more so because from what i've been able to tell online from the fans that are clocked in and have read the books it does stick pretty closely to the source material with some nice little you know 
um, television tweaks here and there because I think we all saw with Game of Thrones that you couldn't exactly do a like for like translation with Game of Thrones with certain scenes you kind of had to use a bit of creative license to make those things work and I think they've done a good job so far from what I read online of doing the same thing in Foundation and the one thing I love about Foundation because it sticks close to the source material it doesn't try to how do you say it doesn't try to insult your intelligence if that makes sense it just basically tells the story of foundation and you kind of just have to figure out along the way they don't try and like it, you know ha hold your hand through every little explanation which kind of it reminds me a little bit of expanse in the same way there wasn't a lot of kind of dumbing down of the expanse to allow kind of you know your regular consumer to kind of get clocked in if you're a sci-fi fan in, in general you'll love that sort of shit because it allows you the opportunity to get a little bit nerdy like i do with all sci-fi and kind of start digging deep and you know reading certain pdfs and stuff checking out youtube channels going on subreddits and shit i love that stuff because you know sci-fi for me is definitely one of my favorite genres maybe after just or maybe just second only to thrillers but I've enjoyed that side of things where you can tell when the writing in the source material is being kind of respected and being kind of used, then most likely you don't need to do all the other fluff and bits and bobs that other TV shows do when they sort of like just decide to figure out along their own way. So I've really been enjoying that. So I really recommend you check out um, Foundation if you are looking for something to maybe replace your expanse itch i'm not going to say too much about the show because i just think it's one of those shows that you should go into blind and just sort of trust um and kind of you know go along the ride because it does really take you on an interesting journey it kind of reminds me of the first time i started to get into dune and watching dune and reading the books and shit and not really know much about the world of dune and then suddenly you just kind of get sucked into that universe and it kind of transports you into this whole different place and you know it's kind of nice to go into it blind and not knowing what's going on so i really would recommend if you are going to watch foundation they don't actually check out loads of things about it online you probably don't watch you know clips like what i'm going to be putting out soon about this and just sort of trust it and you will definitely 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 um, be rewarded because i've really been enjoying it so far really have been enjoying it so check out foundation season two is out now at the moment um two episodes in and we're just going to keep that one moving i think that's on apple tv also so check it out if you haven't already then i also wanted to mention this um quickly here i've been checking on instagram and i've seen that michael bibby has posted a update about his condition if you don't know who michael bibby is he's a one of our probably like standout tech house or dance music djs and producers out there in the scene um he's got his own label as well called solid grooves that he puts out music in and does parties for and generally just a bit of a beast when it comes to um pushing the sound of tech house and everything else in between across the wider worlds and i guess sometime a few months ago he did update everybody and basically said that he's been suffering from a rare form of cancer that he's been getting treatment for and everybody in dance music scene sort of like gathered around and gave him a little support and encouragement but from how he described it it did sound like something that was pretty severe in that it was spreading across his spine and whatnot and we know from you know previous accounts of people who have suffered the same sort of ailment or the same disease um we know that sometimes when those things are sort of spreading across your spine and maybe vital organs it can be really hard for you to kind of come back on the other side but of course you know people have been keeping him in their prayers and sending him good thoughts so it has been pretty good to see him update everybody on instagram and let it be known that he is actually getting on the mend and little by little um responding pretty well to the treatment um this is obviously the original post that he posted about himself and his condition 
some updates in the hospital and the latest update has been this one here as he's laying down on the lawn chair outside um probably after a few bouts of chemo with a glass of water and he says after 10 weeks in hospital bed i've been released uh, for a short break as my treatment is continuing to go well thank you for all the love um it really gives me strength i have good days and i have bad days today is a good day so it's good to see him in somewhat good spirits considering how serious the issue is and the fact that he's approaching it with a smile on his face and trying to make the best of it um is really kind of says a lot about his attitude and how he kind of carries himself so that's been pretty decent to see because i think for myself from myself for myself it's been flipping it's been flipping nice to see that because i you know i don't know man it, it kind of caught me off guard when i heard the news in the first place because i'm so, i'm a fan of his and i've been kind of you know oogling his sort of career from the sidelines and seeing you know how he's been progressing from afar and seeing how his career has gone from just like you know being somebody that was essentially streaming in his home to suddenly being one of the biggest sort of djs and most in demand people around the world and to suddenly have that cut short you know just when you haven't even hit your peak you know really nowhere close to it um felt like like so you know felt so out of order so tragic but it's good to see he's kind of on demand and he is getting all the help and treatment that he needs and clearly judging from the comments loads of people from the community too are kind of chipping in and letting it be known that they are out here supporting him and sending him loads of love as well so it's been flipping great to see all that support and love in the comments going forward as well so hopefully he makes a speedy recovery sometime soon and is able to get behind the decks to do what he flipping loves so you know thoughts and feelings go out to flipping michael Bibby and hopefully he recovers hopefully 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 he recovers um looking quickly into chat here before i continue <clears throat> we got people saying what's that are you still trying to get into shape again no mate completely given up i'm going to be wings of redemption now going forward shades cow um yeah 100 lucas shades cow said are you the third side of every story i don't understand that what's the third side of every story i don't get what you're saying there my friend but if you could explain that i could you know let you know um anyway moving on from that one we have this news to talk about here let me quickly open the window because it's just getting kind of warm in here for me cool so um talking about talking about talking to uh, talking 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 um um let's see What's Koyla saying here? Koyla saying, I almost applied to Crowder Show today, but the description sucked. They really expect you to work early nine to five and weekends. What's that to do what on Crowder Show? I don't know. What do you apply for? Is that like to apply to be like a paid mod or something? <clears throat> I didn't see that. What was that all about, Koyla? What are you talking about? Crowder Show. Is that for like a paid mod? Is that like a personality thing? A writer? Oh, really? Nice. Okay. You should check it out why not try, try and apply it sounds like a i don't know man like there's a lot of as much of a bad reputation as it gets as a human being i'm one of those people that likes to give everybody an opportunity to kind of i want to make my own mind up you know what i mean i know he doesn't get the best reputation as a boss or a leader so i'm imagining working for crowder wouldn't be the funnest but i think if you're a writer you'd probably be a little bit disconnected from him you wouldn't have to be in the office all the time maybe it might be remote if that if it's remote that's be even more of a blessing you might only have to deal with him on fucking skype and shit i don't know it might be a good thing to check check out just for the sake of it but i would be i would be i would be flipping i would be open to giving the guy a chance personally i wouldn't read too much into the 
bad press or reaction he gets from some people about how he works with them online because I think people's expectation of workplaces, especially within this sort of field, is a bit odd, especially when most people aren't really trained in leadership in any kind of meaningful way. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'd give it a shot, Coiler. I'd really give it a shot. Just see what the work work on. Maybe you mean more so the kind of compensation isn't worth it. Like if they're gonna require you to work nine to five every day plus weekends, you probably you know should be asking for a little bit more in terms of the old monies and shit because at some point in the beginning you might be able to kind of get through it for just pure drive and hustle but there'll come a point you know after doing nine to fives monday to friday and then also week and weekends where you're going to be a little bit like okay cool like now you're taking a piss you know what i mean so you have to keep those things in place and i know for me when it comes to jobs and shit i like to I don't want to get, I don't want any sort of issues with that sort of stuff when it comes to money. I want to deal with that stuff ahead of time before I sign a dotted line because I know those things, if I don't address them, they will eventually start eating away at me along the way and that will inevitably lead to me not actually doing my work well. So if you can figure out, you know, if that compensation package works for you, then maybe try it out, you know? Um, but yeah, moving on from that one. Let's see. So, quickly, I want to talk about this as well. This is some really encouraging news, courtesy of TMZ, regarding Jamie Foxx and basically him saying he's breaking his um, he broke his silence story regarding his medical emergency that a lot of people have been speculating about, and essentially gave everybody an update on his condition. And I'm going to play the clip for you now of Jamie Foxx um, thanking the fans for their love and support, and briefly explaining what kind of happened and why he's been so silent. I've got to switch to audio, of course, because I didn't do it before. Genius. First of all, I want to say thank you to everybody that's prayed, man, and sent me messages. I cannot even begin to tell you um, how, how far it took me and how, how it brought me back. Um, uh, I went through something that I, I thought I would never, ever go through. Uh, and I know a lot of people were waiting, you know, or wanting to hear updates. But to be honest with you, I just didn't want you to see me like that, man. You know, I want you to see me laughing, having a good time, partying, cracking a joke, doing a movie, television show. I didn't want you to see me with, uh, with tubes, um, running out of me and, and trying to figure out, uh, if, if I was gonna make it through. And to be honest with you, my uh, my sister Deidre Dixon, my daughter Corinne Marie saved my life. So uh, to them, to God, to a lot of great medical people, uh, I'm able to leave you this uh, video. I cannot tell you how great it feels to have your family kick in in such a way. And, and y'all know they kept it airtight. They didn't let nothing out. They protected me, and that's what I hope that everyone could have in moments like these. Uh, now, you know, by being quiet, sometimes things, you know, get out of hand. People saying what I got. Some people said I was, I was blind. But as you can see, uh, as you can see, the eyes are working. The eyes are working just fine. Uh, I said I was paralyzed. I'm not paralyzed. Uh, but I did go through. I went to hell and back. And my road to recovery uh, had some potholes as well, but um, I'm, uh, I'm 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 coming back, and uh, I'm able to work. So I want to thank uh, uh, the people that let me work. 
Um, and I just want to like say uh, I, that I that I, I love everybody and I love all of the love that I got. And man, you know, I know they talk about people crying on videos. You know, you could do take two, but I'm not gonna do a take two. This it is what it is. And if you see me out. Uh, from now on and every once in a while I just burst into tears is because um, it's been tough man I was sick man but now I got my legs out, uh, under me so you're going to see me out uh, but like I said I just want you to remember me for uh, the jokes that I crack uh, the movies that I make some of them good some of them ain't I think I got a good one out uh, and the songs that I sing man and then you know, somebody was talking about I'm a clone. Well, check this out. Just kidding. Uh, not clone, man, but I'm here on earth because of some great people. I'm here on earth because of God, man. So I love all y'all. Uh, I just wanted to jump on here and let you know that uh, I'm on my way back. So it's good to see him back, clearly. I'm not going to lie. Really good to see him back. And I don't know, maybe I'm in the minority here, but I really don't care for him to clear up what actually happened. I think we unfortunately, and myself as well included sometimes, we live in a world where we kind of expect everybody to kind of tell us the exact details of what happened to them because people tend to overshare on socials in general, whether it's your aunt on Facebook, whether it's some random on Twitter or flipping Instagram, everyone is flipping oversharing. And for some reason, you know, agents and handlers of some of these notable celebrity figures out there, they'll probably tell them for some reason that, hey, this is a good strategy, a good way for you to connect with your fans by letting them into your life. But I think some things should remain private, like your medical history, like the things that you go through, you know, in life that you probably that don't kind of, you know, concern whatever job that you do in the entertainment industry. Those things should probably be kept to yourself and your close family. There should be some things that you should be able to keep private. I think one of them should be anything that happens to you in terms of medical sense. So I don't think you need to tell anybody what happened. Obviously, because he didn't say nothing and because it was such a um a different approach than we've seen with some celebrities where he did clearly you know it felt like there was a clear concise um or conceited effort with the people in and around him he even said it himself his daughter and other parts of his family kept it airtight around him so that's clearly something he's discussed with his family to say hey if anything ever happens to me make sure no one kind of is able to kind of get in here and take pictures of me while i'm on my bed or get interviews or have details and stuff this just stays in the family which i can respect a lot because i feel like people these days will turn everything that happens to them into a fucking content you know cycle or some shit or into a press run and it's fucking gross so it's good to see for some reason some people out there do want to keep their counsel be private and just deal with it behind the scenes with their family and friends and then when they're ready to come back doing the thing that we know them for they're going to come back and do it in full force it's obvious to see that he did suffer something really really crazy because he's completely different in terms of his complexion like the sort of like you know the the sort of like color from his face is sort of kind of zapped out he does have that face of somebody where you just recover from a really bad illness and you're kind of on the other side you do kind of have that corner gaunty look about him he clearly has lost a ton of weight and his voice is somewhat different which you also get once you've you know you've had something quite serious happen to you so i don't even want to speculate what happened what the deal is i don't really give a fuck um i'm a big fan 
fan of Jamie Foxx. I think he is really one of the last remaining, um, if only, Renaissance man out there, truly, in terms of all the talents that he has from acting, singing, dancing, you know, whatever else it does, rapping in between. He's absolutely amazing, being funny on stage. So it's good to have him back and um, able to be out there doing what he's kind of been, you know, blessed and given his talents for um, to kind of display for the world. And that's kind of all you really want from him in that respect. So it's good to see Jamie Foxx back um, and, and hopefully he takes his recovery seriously. He takes it slow. And whenever there is a time for him to come back and work, which he clearly wants to, because he was mentioning working, clearly he didn't want to be in his hospital bed feeling useless and not feeling like he can be contributing or helping out wherever it may be. And that's maybe kind of what kind of, de you know, defines him. I'm all for it. I really am all for it. So get well soon, Jamie Foxx. Hope you do recover well. And hopefully we see you on the other side doing all the amazing things that we kind of know of you from. Next on list here, this is talk about this. This is a pretty niche topic to speak about because I think most people don't really give a fuck about this. But I found this truly interesting and truly hilarious on the side of things, right? So um, I've been following this girl called Brenda Hashtag for like, I think about a year online. I think I may have stumbled upon her profile maybe a two years prior to that but i completely forgot who she was i think i had a saved on one of my bookmarks on my instagram and just you know i've got so many fucking saved items on there i forgot which one she was but i do remember stumbling across one of her pictures on insta and thinking oh my gosh she looks amazing and look at this girl that wears all black and just wears all white and she has this incredible wardrobe where she splits all the clothes from black to white and that's basically all she wears and she's very committed to that particular aesthetic and wears only a particular brands from helmet newton to old and under the muster to rick owens and stuff like it's pretty um good to, it's pretty great to see from the outside looking in as somebody being a bit of a fashion addict and fan myself of her you know actively going back into the archives buying a lot of vintage shit buying a lot of stuff on sale and just being you know somebody that clearly is cares about this you know the scene in general and clearly has a love for it and is doing a lot of digging at this is great to see that on that kind of level and clearly has a real good real good eye and sense of personal style herself now one of the interesting things about brenda hashtag is over the years she's kind of you know blown up over time and become really um a kind of well-respected journalist or fashion editor director whatever you want to call her in that sense of things since she's done her amazing column at 032c and i think recently she got made fashion director over there i think as well yeah i think so fashion director so she's kind of blown up over time and her profile's gone a bit crazy she's got a ton of followers on twitter i think last time i checked on twitter she got over like thirty thousand, and probably a bunch more on instagram so clearly a lot of people kind of know who she is and what she's about but one of the interesting things about her is that i feel like from in terms of all the kind of fashion girlies out there that exist she's probably one of the most i feel like um she probably comes across as one of the most likable ones um, in terms of just being very approachable, in terms of not gatekeeping brands and stuff that she's wearing, in terms of really speaking the real about the industry and the scene and what happens behind the scenes and at shows and giving people advice about what to do if they want to kind of be like her and do the thing that she's doing. Maybe the over, you know, she does probably overplay the name dropping of fucking CSM all the time, but, you know, she paid for a course and she did what she did. So, I, you know, don't begrudge on that, but there is maybe a little bit too much mentions of fucking CSM whenever she's speaking. But apart from that, I've kind of always been a fan of her and kind of give her a lot of props for just generally being one of the more likable fashion influencers out there because i feel like with especially with the ladies the fashion influencers girl especially on that high sort of like high end what do you call it 
luxury fashion end of things you know the stuff that kind of gets stocked in Derbyshire market a lot of those girlies are absolute flipping bitches right they really are bitches they come across really really horrible so it's nice to see somebody kind of decent but it's also been a little bit heartbreaking to see how the internet has essentially i want to say turned their back on her but it's clear that the internet kind of isn't as big of a fan of that girl as i am clearly because they haven't really for, you know they haven't let her forget you know that she's still on this social media app <laughs> to be of service to them in some respects so she had a bit of a kind of food par a bit of a you know a bit of a running in with some people on the internet especially on twitter who maybe don't really know her and didn't really take too well to her basically having a bit of a joke it, it wasn't really done in, in you know to be serious but she made like a bit of a joke online where she essentially shared this picture and the picture that she shared was the following it shows her wearing what looks like clearly to be a pair of tabby heels mason mangela tabby heels and then you know she posted that on the instagram stories and i guess somebody um messaged her directly and said oh my god what brand are these heels and then she posted both of those pictures and put on the twitter and said am i a joke to you now the reason why this is funny is because if you follow her you'd know that she's very you know she kind of makes us it's a running part of her joke of her humor of like everybody asking her about tabbies and shit because she's well known of wearing mushy tabbies so when somebody that follows on social media especially on instagram asks a question about shoes that clearly look like tabbies genuinely she kind of feels a little bit like you know hey you should know this because i'm the fucking tabby girl so this is kind of a little bit of a a 4d joke right in a in a weird way for some reason, people online, especially on Twitter, didn't get it. They didn't like it in the slightest, and they reacted very negatively towards it. As you can see from some of the quote tweets, somebody posted here, influencers and people who make a living off being influential when people are influenced by them. And it's got a gif here of Tommy Shelby from Peaky Blinders, you know, going through various stages of flipping, you know, um, self-hate and wanting to shoot himself and shit, right? And you've got another post here, another girl saying, it's interesting to see how this Margiela crowd both wants to maintain its reputation of exclusivity while also being totally shocked when somebody doesn't know what it is. So, you know, again, I just, I feel like it's a little bit of an unfair, you know, characterization of her because, again, considering the amount of fashion girlies that I kind of follow and kind of watch from afar online, it's safe to say that this Brenda hashtag is probably one of the, the decent ones. She has her parts that are a bit insufferable, which I think all social media influencers have because I think it's part of the job you have to kind of be a little bit obnoxious and sufferable online to kind of be successful but i feel like by and large if you follow her content long enough you will know most of her boots are going to be from andy most of her pants that look crazy might be from rick most of the shoes with a split toe are going to be tabbies margella's like you should kind of have an idea on what it's about right but for some reason people you know on twitter side of things did not like it in the slightest um another one there's a gif here of someone wearing a pair of rick owens uh i don't know what i don't want to pick a picture someone else says here you can hate the shoes but please just not she's not a gatekeeper this tweet was just left its intended with audience which it definitely did and it's got a post here clearly showing a picture sorry a, a collage of her images from you know earlier in the month which basically show her kind of detailing all the shoes of the address she's wearing so she's clearly not afraid to literally mark even the date of the item she's wearing like this is a chanel cruise 2003 top so she's not someone that kind of gatekeeps brands but for some reason you know her message left the intended kind of audience and people went crazy and another one here just answered the damn question so i'm playing a gif of that spanish dude slapping the journalist on the fucking red carpet 
another one here i don't know what's supposed to mean but those are just hideous and in general right um i would say this to when it comes to people online gatekeeping brands if you're a fan of fashion and you like to wear cool shit trendy shit whatever it may be hot shit out there and you don't have the google app on your smartphone you are losing out you need to download that because if you download that google app what it does um on the search engine bit you can press the camera and you can essentially take a picture of something and it can reverse image search it for you online or you can literally save the image upload that onto the search bar and it will search that image for you also so it can literally search an image and tell you what you're looking at so if somebody's gatekeeping a brand and don't want to tell you what it is you can essentially take a picture of their fit crop the jeans the pants um the jacket the hat whatever it may be and if it is readily available online and it's easily to kind of be detected, whatever they do through the AI and whatnot, how it kind of runs, you can usually find it. So the, the era of gatekeeping stuff is fairly over. Unless somebody drapes something in a particular way, lays in a particular way, you can't really see what it looks like. It's very hard to kind of keep things to yourself for the most part. So if you are looking for stuff, you don't really need to ask anybody. Just download the Google app, search for it via image or take a picture for it and it's going to work. Another one says here, gatekeeping is cringe and the shoes are fucking ugly. Who wants to watch um, easy dance practice with me? <laughs> Lols. Another says, if you own those fuck ass Volvo shoes, you are you are kind of sorry you have to hear from me. And one says, I might only want to feed in this and why you don't know what a tabby is. So clearly that's obviously what the reaction was online. And the reason why I mentioned is because since then, this lady hasn't turned on her replies. Since then, her replies have been completely closed. There's been, it's a completely shut down policy when it comes to people who can reply on her social media. And I feel like she's probably got, you know, it probably must have shook her to her foundation to see people online who probably just, you know, didn't probably know much about her and just seen that little snapshot and thought she was a bit of a bitch and have never kind of forgiven her since then. And I guess she just, you know, isn't very um, able to handle that level of, uh, negativity coming away so she just turned up the reply so now if you scroll through her twitter you will see here that no one can reply when it kind of gets grayed out you can see most likely she turned off her replies and unless i guess you follow her you're in a circle you won't be able to reply to a comment so it's basically just turned into a one-way stream of content creation um and no real kind of conversations or back and forth goes on or funny commentary or love or anything in the comments unless you want to obviously quote retweet um you can give her a bit of love in that way but in terms of leaving a reply on her content um brenda hashtag has let it be known that her flipping um twitter side of things is definitely sharp for business she wants nothing from you guys leave me the fuck alone which i can definitely 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 understand but it kind of is <laughs> what it is so that's been kind of funny to watch on my little side of the internet to see how sometimes you know the message that you put out there can maybe hit an unintended audience and they can sometimes give you one look on socials and think you know what we don't like you you seem like a bit of a bitch and they're just gonna ride until then when really like i said out of all the fashion girlies out there she's probably one of the more reasonable ones but you know you can only make a first impression once. You can only make a first impression once. Moving on from that one. Moving on, moving on, moving on, moving on, moving on, moving on. So what we've got here. Oh, actually, you know what? I need to turn some of this down because my fingers are going crazy. It's not saying to me I've got dropped frames everywhere. So let me get rid of some of these slipping windows as per usual. I've always got too many flipping windows open. So let me get rid of some of these things bear with me a second here let's put this down there let's take get rid of this 
And that's it, right? I have nothing else loaded. Oh yeah, is that it, right? Is that it? I think that might be it. Okay, yeah, I think that might be it. Cool. Good to see. Because I'm getting too many dropped windows right here. So let's just put this back up again and let's continue on. So next thing to talk about here quickly will be this particular post that I did see on the Tyler updated Instagram account, which I thought was absolutely hilarious because if anything, this is a clarification for any of you guys out there who are fans of Tyler, fans of Rocky, and you maybe hear them mention some things in their raps where they're sort of like subbing somebody, you're not really too sure who it is. And it always sometimes feel like it's somebody within their little scene, within a little click, something maybe closely associated with them. Most likely it's going to be people like this. So this is a random clip that somebody shared on the Tyler updated Instagram account um, that kind of features, you know, clips and whatnot of Tyler out and about. And it features Tyler Creator and ASAP Rocky bumping into each other at Pharrell Williams' Louis Vuitton show. And you can see Rocky there in the hat and Tyler talking, you know, having a little dap and that, shaking hands, laughing and whatnot. And in the background, you can see Don C um, associated with obviously Kanye and he's got his own brand um, that he does and shit. And then you can also see behind him, um, what you call it? Reese LaFleur, right? And Reese LaFleur has been around probably around the same time that both of those guys kind of blew up and never really reached his potential he was always kind of on a periphery of things and i think he recently put out a gangster girls mixtape actually which is kind of you know kind of corny kind of cringe after everyone else has kind of jumped on it and sort of like trying to jump on that sort of wave of people essentially once they reinvented themselves by giving themselves another sort of you know crack at the big time by getting this co-sign from dj drama and having that flipping mixtape through its bits but clearly in this picture, as you can see them dapping up each other, um, Lil Reese, the, no, Lil Reese the Flair, Reese the Flair, sorry, is at the back, like kind of just looking in as a sort of observer and not really being part of the conversation, even though he knows them both loosely from being around. They know who he is as well, but there's clearly a bit of a higher, you know, there's a sort of like a pecking order, a hierarchy going on there where he kind of knows these guys are a little bit above him and he they clearly know that he's below him. So if you ever hear... Tyler kind of stunting and talking about people in the scene who he thinks he's better than and just being a little bit of a demon in terms of his raps and you're wondering who's he talking about most likely he's talking about people like this these are the guys that he's speaking about in my opinion these are the guys he's sort of like referring to when it comes to how he kind of views themselves and the things that these guys are saying behind the scenes and shit mostly I feel like this is these people he's talking about because the eyes that Risa Flair is giving these guys while he's not being involved in the conversation legitimately made me laugh. Like you can legitimately see him kind of, you know, burning on the inside that these guys aren't really dapping him up or kind of acknowledging him in any kind of way. So uh, Risa Flair, keep your head up, in my personal opinion. Um, I think it kind of is unfortunately part of the game. Not everybody can be Thailand or everyone can be a Rocky. You kind of have to play your position and sort of just do what you do right in that respect. But it can feel a little bit strange when you feel like you've been about just as long as these guys. If I'm not mistaken, I think Reese actually skates also. He's actually a legitly good skater too. So you probably feel like you're way more you know legit and authentic than these dudes because you can actually skate you've been wearing these brands maybe longer whatever it may be you kind of feel like you're kind of that guy but maybe the industry or the scene just hasn't you know respected you the way that you probably feel you ha you needed to but i just feel like you know you just have to play a position and just kind of do what you have to do with the kind of stardom you've kind of been given and the fact that you're invited to the show anyway should be good enough you know the fact that you're still re highly regarded enough to be in attendance at 
this monumental cultural sort of event should be enough of a sign of how much value you kind of have in the industry and scene at large that people are still kind of viewing you in that way i know probably for some people isn't enough you know because we all want everything right we all we, we all we all fucking want it all but i feel like if you're Reese flair in this kind of game of you know of things you kind of have to be thankful that people still give a fuck about you enough to kind of invite you to these things in the first place because maybe in other walks of life it wouldn't be the case but yeah Reese flair there did not look too infused to be in amongst these guys not getting a dap up kind of being on the outside looking like a fan but all in all you're still out there um you know you're in you're in you're in there you're not on you know you're not on the flipping sidelines like i am talking for a webcam chat and shit at least you're actually in there in attendance um with these guys rubbing shoulders that's all i can say on that one moving on from this we've got a little quick update here courtesy of a clip courtesy of the podcast throwing fits they've actually updated everybody to let them know that sporty and rich are due to open his new store in soho it might actually be open already which i find to be absolutely crazy to be honest but if anything this um sporty and rich opening store opening actually is kind of goes on to solidify my modus operandi my mo my pov my mindset that stuff like imposter syndrome and whatnot doesn't exist or you shouldn't believe in it because if brands like Sporty and Rich can get to a level where they can open a multi-story store somewhere in the depths of fucking Soho in New York, um, you know, clearly showing that they're doing great things and clearly selling the product, even though I think it's super mediocre, it clearly shows that if you put your mind to it and you just keep plugging away, that nothing, if, you know, outside the laws of physics is impossible. Really and truly, if you think about it, nothing is impossible. So that's why I don't, kind of buy into the idea of imposter syndrome or you know whatever it may be when it comes to the arts or entertainment industry because for the most part most of us out here that are kind of trying to make a career make some ground in that space are just making up as we go along anyway so to me to feel like you need to have imposter syndrome or you know as a false sense of humility it's something some people talk about that also in that way they kind of want to don't want to seem like they believe in themselves too much so you talk about imposter syndrome you don't really believe in it but if you do believe in imposter syndrome please listen to this clip and let it be known that i don't think it exists i don't think it's real and most likely um if you put your mind to it you can achieve all things because sporty and rich has got a fucking store in soho my friend sporty and rich regardless of what you think of it sporty and rich is opening up a store in soho crazy you said is like a coronation moment i couldn't be more blown away she has been doing this for like 10 years now emily went from like influencer individual to mood board to like actual tangible products she took girly influencer la she almost like basically invented that whole genre which has now been ripped off I was gonna say. into oblivion so well, like, people are complaining about like oh she just stole this graphic from like new york health and rack what like you are now showing <laughs> your whole ass about like not understanding yeah. what most graphics are streetwear, blah, blah, blah. But like everything is referential. Everything Especially is a reference to something else. Clothing, yeah. People maybe knock mood board to brand like pipeline because what she's doing by like creating this entire lifestyle yeah. via a mood board and then extrapolating tangible product from that. That's what all brands do. Mood <laughs> boards were not invented on Instagram. Mood yeah. boards were invented on fucking cork boards with yeah. like thumbtacks and yeah. like photos ripped out of magazines. What Emily's doing is doing this out in the public, which is like almost admirable in a way. <laughs> and also you can connect to it on more levels than just like the 
end product, you can connect to it at the source. But so many people, I think, are so fried with their understanding or lack thereof of how this industry works. <laughs> where like the Tumblr generation, when mood boarding became this thing that moved out of the back offices to like the internet, people still like understood what was happening and how brands operated. We are now so far removed, people don't realize this is what every single brand exactly. has done forever. Yeah. Anyway, they speak about that for a few bits and bobs, but you know, you can't really take what they say about throwing about sport and rich too seriously because I get the feeling they're probably friends with the Emily Oberg girl. And full disclosure on my end, I did um meet her once when I picked her to be part of this panel that I did when I used to work at this company. I did this like, you know, streetwear panel discussion thing. Um, I think it was in was it in, was it in New York or was it here? It might have been in New York. I forgot where it was exactly. But regardless, I put her, you know, Liam McSweeney and a few other people on the panel talking about streetwear. And I think I'm actually might have invited Kyle from Braindead also. So I've met her once, had some brief correspondence online and shit via email. Seemed fairly pleasant, but again, you know, I'm the guy responsible for her getting a little check and shit. So people are always going to be pleasant and nice to you when you're that in that position. So that was fairly decent. So I'm sure that isn't really a good kind of you know kind of cosign of her as a person but one thing i've never kind of understood is just the the kind of baby gloves that kind of brand gets dealt with because at this point if you're 10 years in you're a legit brand you're doing your thing but it just feels like it's never really evolved sporting rich it's never really kind of progressed any further from when i used to see it kind of all over the all over tumblr all over blogs all over early instagram it never really has kind of evolved and one of the things i sort of remember sporting rich being really kind of flagrant for is that they do these amazing very aspirational lookbook pictures and stuff right um lifestyle images but sometimes or more often than not the only thing that was actually made by Sporting Rich in the actual lookbook spread itself was like a t-shirt or like a baseball cap. But the actual interesting pieces, like a nice pair of pleated pants or whatever it may be, or just stuff that the model kind of brought along themselves or, you know, stuff from other brands that they kind of bought and just put into the sort of shoot. So the idea behind it was essentially basically luxing up merch, luxing up very basic gear, making it look very kind of, you know, expensive and you know worthwhile when actually it was just kind of standard trip you know whatever gildan printed t-shirts um but just kind of styled to look really amazing now over time clearly it's changed having looked at their flipping website they're clearly starting to make their own stuff cut and sew there's fleeces and little bra tops and skirts and shit and whatnot and some nice shorts and polos but it's still incredibly mid it's still incredibly, incredibly average. And I'm just really surprised. And again, it goes to show, like I said, imposter syndrome shouldn't exist because it clearly goes to show if you are able to craft an aesthetic or put together a taste level, no, have if you have some sort of taste, if you have an aesthetic, if you have a kind of a point of view, a story to tell through branding, through clothing, most likely there are others out there that probably share your type, your same sentiments, but just waiting for someone to package it in a particular way. And once you package it a particular way, they're going to be there ready and willing to sort of purchase it and buy it. Because nowadays, you know, clearly through the sales and whatnot, people are clearly into it to the point where they're going to open a store in Soho, which is flipping nuts to me personally, because I feel like the brand is incredibly, incredibly average. But one thing that she did really well, I think, as a person, personality, Emily Oberg, she definitely sort of got herself aligned with all the right core people. She's kind of closely aligned with and it's pally pally with all the right people so that in media, online, from the real industry shakers 
shakers and whatever you call them and gatekeepers and whatnot you're not going to hear a bad word said about them but when it comes to sort of like you know regular folks like me and you and i who are just kind of viewing this stuff from the outside in as consumers we can say what we want we can say we don't like this shit but as long as you've got all the right people in the right places kind of backing up what you're doing and kind of you know speaking well of you and putting your position and shit the kind of you know the sky's your limit really when it comes to how far you can kind of progress with this thing but i was generally surprised when i heard they're going to open a store because i couldn't imagine how much more of this stuff you can put out it just feels like a bit of a boring aesthetic it kind of felt like it died on tumblr but for some reason it's still surviving now maybe it makes actually sense why it is because i think i've seen like a lot of those sort of like younger gen z fashion it girls or whatnot like the addison rays and shit and a few other people maybe hayley biebers they sort of adopted this aesthetic now it's kind of come full circle again this whole um what you call it late 90s early 2000s um athleisure sort of aesthetic with the white pop socks and the you know the sambas and the running sneakers and the dad hats to go to the gym and shit this sort of like thing has kind of been adopted by a lot of these girlies who you see them kind of carrying a starbucks cup or a green juice you know on the way to you know to jump into their tesla or lambo truck or shit after doing some fucking pilates for 10 minutes so clearly this aesthetic clearly has come back around so congrats to her in that respect but i just never got it i really never got the sporty and rich thing i think it looks fairly average and fairly shitty personally for me but it's just nice to see nowadays that they are actually starting to make their own cut and sew pieces it's not just because before it, it would be like imagine this shirt you see here with this lady wearing a sweatshirt and the shorts and whatnot it would just be like oh maybe the socks are sporty and rich but the whole of it is just models own but essentially, this whole outfit minus the shoes is sporty and rich. And maybe the idea is, you know, because she's got a partnership with them, which clearly ties in there. But it's nice to see that she's actually starting to make, you know, great looking stuff. Maybe this isn't the best angle here. This kind of stuff doesn't look like it's made the best here, the cut. Or maybe this is the way the girl's kind of bending over doesn't look the greatest. But it's just great to see that she's making some cut and sew things here and there. This quarter zip fleece, again, decent. But that embroidery is a little bit tough to kind of get into. But again, if you have imposter syndrome, please look at what Sporty and Rich are doing. It feels like nothing more than a glorified merch line modeled by really attractive women with great aesthetics and great kind of creative direction. And they're now going to have an actual brick and mortar store in Soho. So for me, it goes to show that if you put your mind to it, that all things are achievable if you really put your mind to it. So big up, um, you know, Emily Oberg for doing that in that respect. But I don't know. I just feel like the the kid gloves that it gets treated with online with some people is just bizarre to me because i feel like if anybody else made this shit they'd be on their neck like people say a lot of shit about jound but i feel like there's a there's a lot more taste there's a lot more design there's a lot more talent artistic creation whatever it may be that goes into making jound clothing then goes into sporty and rich personally for me way more goes into it i'd be way i'd be a lot more happier to spend you know 200 dollars plus on a fucking jam sweatsuit that has jam written on the fucking you know chest you know in really small fucking font and with a really kind of heavy fabric um cotton whatever it may be then i would be to spend the same amount on fucking sporty and rich stuff i just feel like it's a little bit vapid a little bit you know whatever it may be but clearly i'm in the minority because this stuff is clearly selling enough for them to open a store up so what do i bloody know in here the prices are, are fairly decent a lot decent than i expect them to be um this sports bra here in this washed high what's that washed hydrogens and white is 68 pounds 
which I feel like is a lot cheaper than what I hoped. I thought it'd be in my head. Um, even this, so that, that set with the bra top and the skirt is going to cost you about what one seventy, pretty decent price. The fleece is about one sixty, uh, one twenty for the sweatshirt. So it's not too shabby. It kind of falls within the streetwear range pricing, but it's also, you know, not within luxury brands. So it's not, you know, they're not selling T-shirts like fucking uh, Balenciaga, but it's still kind of decent enough for you to kind of feel like you're buying something worthwhile. Like the T-shirt here is like £52, right? This classic tee, the pop socks are like, what, £24. Um, the hats are £48. But yeah, it just looks so basic to me. Really, really, really basic and average. But again... I'm probably not the intended customer or target market for it. So big up, um, support your original and Bloomberg for what they're doing. But again, nothing is impossible. If they can put out a brand, also you can. So get sketching, get designing, and get printing those flipping designs. Moving on from that, a quick way to check across to Vogue.com to see Phil O's best street style post those photos sorry from paris menswear shows i haven't really been checking a lot of the paris menswear shows i've actually got a few shows i want to quickly review on here whilst we continue but i want to quickly see what the temperature was saying for some of the movers and shakers out there in fucking um, paris that were flipping hanging out and having a good time the lead image here you got um the two guys obviously from brick owens you got the guy here from balmain i forgot his name don't mistake me I just want to quickly see what these guys are wearing and what the flipping vibe is on the street with people's outfits and whatnot. So what do we have here? We have a nice little denim look here. We have a nice little bit of plaid with the, you know, elongated shirt. We have some vest actions going on here. We have the kiss boots, which I still desperately want. I love how they've been worn in all their iterations. You've got the kiss boots here worn with a pair of what look like to be flare jeans. You've got the Kiss Fire High boots here, worn by Rick himself. And you've got some Kiss boots worn underneath some really big, wide elephant kind of, you know, hem-sized pants, which I'm really a big fan of with them dragging all over the floor, which is great to see. Um, again, you've got some decent looks here. I'm not like the sandals. The kilts, I'm not too fat. I'm not too mad at, to be honest. I may be looking to do that. You've got this guy. I forgot his name. I think it's Jean something. This might be the best outfit he's ever worn, personally. I always feel like he looks a little bit dorky when it comes to the clothes he wears. He's got really good stuff in his wardrobe, clearly. But he always just looks a bit odd in it himself, which is obviously not his fault, you know. But he does look really good here. I don't know what, what that suit is from, that polka dot or that sort of that square design and um, print suit he's got on. I really like it. Also goes well with the um, clock cork dunks. The red look from this guy looks fairly decent. Um, this is a Ludovic Deschamps Germain look. I'm not, I'm not enough of a twink to wear that, so I probably couldn't get away with that mini skirt. This shirt here looks really nice. I'm not too fond of that. Again, I'm not much of a twink to get to look out for these titty tops, to be honest. But I like that. Looks like Grind. I've got a channel out there that they put content on. That's pretty sick to see. So big up Grinder for doing their thing out there. This safety orange look is pretty decent in the hot sun. I love how fashionistas don't sweat. That's a talent also. You need to kind of learn over time. To get your looks off sometimes, you just need to be able to sort of like harness the power of not sweating. It's really difficult and hard to do. But, you know, we can't lie that some people do do it much better than others. So big up her. Um, I hate this look. I saw somebody actually the other day um, or a couple of weeks ago when I went to fucking um, 
Hast- was it? What did I go to? Margate. I saw somebody the other day wearing a head-to-toe Martin Rose look um, with like a fake football shirt on and shit with like, you know, football socks pulled up. And I have to be honest, that guy was kind of swagging, but I don't like it in this way. There's something really kind of corny and lame about fashion people who probably have never run, let alone kick a ball, wearing football gear. Um, but, you know, this is sort of designer look. It looks like a, a Celtic shirt that's been reinterpreted, re-engineered to look a certain way. I'm not too sure if it's a designer that made it. I'm not really sure. I, get, I, pro- I think it probably was, but I, I detest this look with all my heart, unfortunately. Um, again, I'm a big fan of the kilts and the skirts. So I'm kind of feeling that kind of vibe. I feel like I'd probably pull this off pretty well, um, to be humbly honest. Maybe I'm over some jeans or putting out the fucking big fat African calves. It might actually work in that respect. Um, I feel like ELR, which is maybe the this is the guy that owns it, I think, on the right. I feel like ELR might be one of the EL is it ELR or ERL? Whichever way around it goes. I feel like it's probably one of the most overrated brands out there at the moment. Um I feel like the hoodies had a moment, clearly, but I feel like the aesthetic, the codes, the style of it, it's just it's just a bit naff personally. I don't like the lookbooks, I think it all looks a bit dusty. People model it, look at like it don't bathe. It's just not for me personally. I'm not on it. Um, this nice little brown look here from the guy on the left is really beautiful, to be fair. It kind of looks like Isi Miyaki. I'm not really sure if it is. Pleated look. This looks really, really nice. But unfortunately, if you've got a huge piece like myself or you've got a massive bay, maybe it's not the best thing to wear because one or two are going to be hanging out the front or the back. Um, you've got this lovely shirt here that this guy's wearing in the white, which I'm really fond of. It kind of looks like a knit crochet type of top thing. Not way too sure. Um, black guy with a white lady with the blonde hair. This is like a checkbook mark that you have along the way when you're at Fashion Week. You know, you see these kind of couples all over the place. But I do like the flipping blonde hair. Something I would kind of would be down to try, but I feel like I just got too much hair to do that on. And if I did bleach my hair, most likely it would probably break. And one thing I don't want my hair to do is break any more than it's already has. So I'm a little bit, you know, nervous of getting that shit done. But I would love to actually bleach my hair one day. I feel like it's, I feel like it's a sort of like the, it's a um, what you call it? It's sort of like a, it's sort of like a path you have to take down the road. You know, if you're a black hipster, you kind of have to do like a little stage where you bleach your eyebrows and you, you know, you bleach your hair. <laughs> so that might have to be a thing there going forward. You got people with their guns. I think that's Tiana Taylor here on the left hand side to so big up her. I like the ear cuffs. Something I'm I'm probably gonna try and get more into. I've already got the pierced ears now. I think there's I don't think I need to do anything more on my ears. Probably might just do start wearing ear cuffs, which I like, which you just kind of clip onto your ears and have them sort of dangling to give that effect that you've got all the ears, lobes pierced, but you don't need to. Again, another iteration of the skirt um short thing going on. I see a lot of people wearing these these sort of like you know hybrid skirt short things i like the look of that also in this kind of pinstripe model whatever it is um this look here in the back is really nice because it's very kind of you know basic to the eye i know and i think this guy's an editor i forgot his name i used to see him a lot on the sartorialist but if you see this look here it kind of reminds me of like um com de Garçon's shirt where you'd have these really nice white or you'd have these really nice kind of button-up shirts with a pair of wide shorts and um, some clarks or some what he's got here a pair of adidas's i might switch these out 
and wear them with a pair of loafers or something but i feel like these look really nice this look for the summer this is a very sort of like comfy look to kind of go for if you don't want to be wearing jorts like you're some gen z kid i kind of like this look so that might be something to add to a list of things i can check out the jorts thing you're never gonna see me doing ever in a million years i feel it looks so fucking horrible i fucking hate it especially those type of jorts like why what's the point of wearing like baggy jeans and you cut them just over your fucking knees like if i'm gonna wear denim shorts i want to i want them to go over my knees personally you know that's just me and if i'm wearing rick owen shorts like this guy here in the front i want them to go over my knees so i'm just a bit different i'm just built a bit different that way whatever these pants are I fucking love you got this amazing draping going on the front in this nice what looks like an olivey type of material an olive type of colorway sorry and this i don't know if that's like satin or what this kind of material is but i just love how this kind of wraps around it looks really beautiful um not really like anything on there this looks really cool too i think these are fug club jeans this japanese brand is it japanese or korean i'm not too sure one of one of the asian countries this looks really great fug club is doing bits and bobs everyone's wearing a lot of their stuff um i like that print on the denims looks really nice there and this dude looks fucking awesome as fuck as well here he's got the fucking tatters out doing his fucking ting this look is really de decent as well green up and what is it i don't know what that is if it's brain dead if it's what it's just like a facebook badge or something right i don't know what that is but it looks lovely um she's obviously stunting as well there uh this green emerald look again is look beautiful whatever these boots are they look really nice double sole stacked boots you gotta fucking love those the sheer top here is a really nice look also um very bergheim panorama bar um multi-sex at watergate sort of vibe ready to go i love that um nice look here as well with the pop socks neon socks with the gold shoes a little bit of a styling nod but I, i'm interested in that a little bit a little of a combination it's a little bit congolese uncle i know but there's something about this i like maybe it's the fucking congolese uncle inside of me screaming that wants to wear gold shoes with neon green socks <laughs> but the rest of it again this dress is fairly decent this girl looks really good there um the shoes on here look really nice i'm not gonna lie i quite like her little top here decent look there everybody doing what they do on, on the way to shows it seems like everybody's addicted to their phone checking emails good to see she looks really cool this girl on the left i'm not a big fan of that is that westwood cardigan as well yes yeah, maybe i'm not sure maybe it's a homer simpson badge i'm not really too sure this look is pretty decent um nice little rick owen pants with this dude here on the right hand side i'm not too mad at these to be honest if i could do one thing which is weird on this look i'd probably swap both of these guys tops i'd give that guy his t-shirt and i'd give this guy his shirt and i think that look would be sorted to be fair um but yeah this kind of looks like you know guys who just you know who work a job but then have to wear fashion stuff that's what it kind of looks like they look a fairly decent well-to-do guys but just you know you wear your brand you just wear them as you wear them but it is what it is but i'd probably swap the shirts across both of these guys and they'd look great <laughs> some more interesting looks here guys with the nails polished doing their things i think it's gonna be there's gonna come a point the same way that everybody's got these little sort of like tramp stamp um i would say tr not tramp not trampy looking tattoos now everyone's got these weird little squiggles over their bodies i think there's gonna reach a point where like because there was a point where you know painting your nails was a little bit rebellious a little bit punk a little bit avant-garde dare i say now it's gotten a little bit corny 
So it kind of feels like, you know, it's kind of a bit over. So I feel like the next stage will be just having really nice clean nails in terms of just having, making sure they're manicured and making sure they might have a bit of lacquer, lacquer on it, buff them up a bit. But the idea of kind of going out and kind of painting your nails black all the time to look just, you know, despair how edgy you are is a little bit lame in my opinion. So hopefully that comes a point where that kind of dies out because I'm kind of tired of seeing everybody's paint nails painted. I'm kind of over it. I used to do it myself, but I'm just kind of over it. Um, again, more kilts and skirts. I need to get into this, to be honest. It's look, everyone's kind of wearing them. I need to fucking squeeze my wide ass into one. I have to be fair, one day or another. You got a really nice kind of, you know, look here going on. Uh, and another another guy here on the left here wearing a skirt. It looks like I'm not really too fond of this look. This guy kind of looks like a chef, to be fair. No, he's giving the chef. Who's that chef that got cancelled? For like some sort of sexual or something he's like a fat dude as well like similar kind of look you know that kind of like he's always kind of over a pot or a pan somewhere or he's needing some dough he's got that kind of look to him he's kind of a bit of like a chef here this sort of looks like one of your favorite art tutors in school back in the day i think this looks looks amazing personally i love a good clash of patterns you know a good little patchwork shirt there with all the clashes of plaid the fucking meshed heights and the silver shoes I love this sort of shit, the, the pink dyed hair. This is my type of look. I mean, it looks like chaos, but it kind of works. So big up her. This look is great as well. Nice and easy here. You see how this is the thing that people don't really understand when it comes about wearing clothes sometimes. And I've kind of had learned through it the hard way. Sometimes if you, you have looks in your head that work on particular body types. Like this guy here on the back, unfortunately, is just too rotund and too wide in the hips to kind of get away with this look because if that if that guy here wore the same look that he was wearing he'd be flossing but on this dude it kind of just looks a bit wild right he's got the boston i think they're boston birkenstocks with the white socks the denim jeans kind of rolled up with the white shirt right it looks kind of pretty decent but it's just too wide to make it look to make it work that well so if you give this to so this guy is a bit more slivette and slim it probably would work better um so you kind of just have to wear stuff within your shape and maybe when you're that short maybe turning up your trousers that length isn't gonna g give you the you know the length and the shape that you probably need to kind of make you look a certain way but again it's all kind of figuring out what works best for your proportions or maybe you just don't give a fuck who knows uh this little mesh shop looks really good it's giving heron sauna here not really i'm not a fan of that again more skirts looks like this summer there was in the street style in paris there was a lot of people wearing skirts or kilts in some way shape or forms i saw a lot of this and it was so far wearing i still maintain my personal humble opinion is that summer is probably the hardest season in the year for most men to get dressed in even dudes are into fashion it's notoriously difficult to look good as a dude in the summer i feel like unless you really you know your body's on point and whatever it may be i just think it's hard to look good i feel like guys usually shine the best in winter with big jackets and jumpers and whatnot you can really kind of swag it out in the winter but when it comes to the summer months it's hard to look good hard to feel cozy and comfy and not feel like you're sweating all the time and shit as well i like this again when it comes to denim shorts i think this length for me is the perfect length where it just maybe falls in in the middle of your kneecap when you're just standing up probably i think that's a perfect length because at least at that length if you want to sag them a little bit you can but i feel like the length that everyone's doing now where they're sort of like cutting the denim jeans like high waters as someone mentioned in the chat it just feels a bit weird you might also just wear then big denim jeans why wear shorts that big that long it just doesn't make sense to me personally 
But I like this guy's look, especially with the makeup here. The kiss makeup looks really good as well on him. Wearing that day today is a bit of a swag. I'm not really too mad about that. I love these short, uh, these pants. I think the pants or skirts. I'm not really too sure. That side bag looks really cool. Uh, she looks great. The guy in the back looks awesome. Also, again, the denim jorts. Everyone's wearing denim jorts and skirts here. I detest this look with all my heart. Um, again, another image of someone wearing a skirt, which is not too bad. See someone here wearing the Jordan Four SB Pine Greens SBs. Really great. I'm not too sure what she's doing. Um, that's Mia Khalifa, right? Not really. Don't really care about her, to be fair. But big up, I guess. Um, these two guys doing their bits and bobs with the fashion soy face going on there. You love to see it. This is amazing. This look. This is the guy from fucking um, what's that series called? Uh, The Last of Us, right? I forgot the actor's name, but he looks really good. I like this denim suit he's got on. That looks great. And whether the guy, guy, the partner he's with, he looks really good as well. Again, I just think guys short, especially if you've got good athletic legs, will look good on you when your shorts go above your knees. Personally, but you know. Maybe it's just a fucking Berlin stompering me speaking. But yeah, some decent bits and bobs here during Paris Fashion Week. Some nice little denim looks again. Um, a nice bit of midriff showing there, cropped to show off some of the denim bits and bobs. Nice use of colour. Everyone's got some bright sunglasses on. Some cool patterns. Like I like this shirt here on the back this guy's wearing. And also this blazer jacket thing happening here. I'm not really too mad at this. Looks flipping phenomenal. This clash of colours the reds the creams the greens all of that looks flipping great nice bit of blue pop here from the guy from whatchamacallit what's that thing called succession he looks really great is that what his wife maybe is they look fucking fantastic both of them to be fair that is a very cozy comfy look matching your fucking shape and shit nice relaxed shirt nice track pants nice shoes both look great she looks really amazing as well in this shirt i'm not too mad at that in the slightest Again, a nice look there with the shirts and the shit. Luebe pants. Not too mad at this. So, yeah, look, look, some nice, great looks, actually. I'm not really too mad at this. I didn't really go this far last time I checked it out, but the looks look fairly decent. Great. We like the look of this as well. I forgot what this guy's name is again. Models for Supreme from New York. Uh, I wish I remember his name. He looks really good there. Oh, you got Dev Hines here wide headphones gang which is odd you know superstar musician wearing fucking wide headphones why is everyone wearing wide headphones these days i don't really understand this idea this sort of trend happening at the moment i think there's a guy at the background here wearing some marin faux fur sandals there looks really cool i like the look of that oh with the mask here i'm not really too fond of this personally Nice skirts again with the Rick Owens fucking kiss boots. I think this guy's look here in the back is actually swagging here. He looks really good there in the back with those. I think, are those Rick boots as well? I'm not really sure if they, they might be Rick boots actually. This is like a really good look. I'm not going to lie. With this crop jacket and this nice khaki shorts and the glasses. This probably might be my favorite look so far in the back. He's definitely swagging. He's definitely got that shit on for sure. Decent little looks there. Red bit of colour as well. These might be... What did I remember these shoes from? Are these Bottega? I'm not really too sure, but this looks really nice. What is it? Pop, is it flowers? Or are they fucking balloons? I'm not really too sure, but either way, they look fucking beautiful, doesn't it? All over the shoe, covering them. Looking fairly decent. 
Um, you got Pharrell coming in there with his family. I forgot. I think this guy's Wooster dude, right? He looks really nice here with his little pink little cravat cut scarf on. This guy looks absolutely horrendous, but you know, is that maybe that's fucking Rosalia's boyfriend? I think I'm not really too sure. Mm. Yeah, big up my brothers out here in the sun doing their bits and bobs, living their lives. Some nice blue shirts there. You got a guy walking through with a long coat with no shirt underneath. I love that. The the sweat glands. If I was wearing that, my fucking my armpits would be leaking like the fucking Niagara Falls, mate. That wouldn't be a fucking situation. Oh, this looks really good. I like the look of this. To be fair, I'm not mad at this in the slightest. This green look, it looks really fucking splendid. Very trap star friendly. I'm not too mad at that in the slightest. These Luebe sneakers this guy is wearing are really nice also. I'm not too mad at these also in the slightest. This look here in the back needs to be pushed into a volcano. But again, what do I know? Nice little red look here with the shirt. Crop shirts again. So yeah, some decent stuff here. Courtesy of um, Vogue, Phil O. I'm not going to go through the entire thing. Let me just reach 100 and see any other looks I think I picked out that I liked. And then I'm going to continue on with the other bits and bobs. But so far, some fairly decent things here to see. Nothing else I can check out. Going to give me some more here, Vogue. Or we're going to leave it there. Maybe that's it. Maybe we'll just have to leave it there. Let's see if it kind of pops up anything more. So far, nothing else. Cool. But yeah, that's what you get from Phil. Oh, courtesy of Vogue.com. If you want to check it out, you know how to see it. Um, in slideshows, courtesy of Vogue.com, see Phil O's best street style pictures from Paris Fashion Week that just passed. So if you're that interested, go and check out the flipping things over there. Moving on from that, also we got to check out here. I wanted to quickly make a mention of um obviously this story, courtesy of GQ regarding Martin Rowe, which I thought was fairly, fairly, fairly upsetting to be honest regarding you know how hard it was and how difficult it was to set up her brand and being surprised at her success this is courtesy of gq magazine.co.uk you see here the lovely martin rose featured front and center i think one of the bits that sort of stood out to me was um a section that she mentions about her kind of come up and about the realities of sort of like starting a business in fashion and i think i was speaking a bit a little bit about it to, with a friend earlier about this industry at large and you know being such huge fans of it you know since i was a kid and shit but then also being very aware that just because i'm a fan of something doesn't mean that's necessarily going to equate to me loving working in the industry and then having to work in there and having my kind of assertions confirmed it was just upsetting to see somebody on martin rose's level which is way higher than anything that i ever ascended to essentially echoing the same sort of thought so let me see if i can quickly find it here so we can read but let me see. I think it's here. Um, let's see. Um, duh, 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 duh. So let's, let's read the article anyway, then we can go through it. It's not really a long one. It's courtesy of GQ. It says, um, being a fashion designer is a tough gig. Seasonal collections are expensive to produce without coming from a place of real privilege or attaching yourself to a giant fashion house. It's almost impossible to make it work. 
It's been really difficult, Martin Rose, who has headed up her own label since 2007, says of a Zoom. From her airy North London studio, I yeah, was unsure for how long that I nearly gave up. Sometimes I still think about it. It isn't easy. Oh, hell no, she says. When Rose was younger, older relatives were deep-rooted in 90s rave culture, and she became accustomed to seeing them in Versace shirts and machino jeans, something that I also grew up with, seeing that around myself. Um, I remember when I was growing up, the sort of like, the kind of the flossy thing that a lot of the olders used to wear was that they'd wear like Versace shirts, Armani exchange shirts, Tommy Hilfiger shirts with machino jeans, straight cut, and then they'd wear like Air Max 95. So you'd get like Air Max 95s, Air Max TNs, TLs, whatever Air Max you could get from like, you know, Foot Locker because at the time, Air Maxes back then, especially 95s and TLs and TNs, they were essentially like 130 pounds plus. Um, I remember at one time, actually, even 98s might have been like 160 or something in Littlewood's catalogue. So they were really expensive items back then, those type of shoes. So they were a real sign of like you making money. So those, those were basically before like designer sneakers came about. The only designer sneaker I remember having or seeing people wear back in the day were like the Prada American Cups. And sometimes, you know, in my area, we'd wear those American Cups as like school shoes. Remember, that's why I used to wear miners. Um, I had like four pairs or three pairs, actually. I think I bought two from Dawson Market that obviously weren't real. And then one that was kind of a second hand that was real. So those are the kind of three pairs I kind of had in terms of Prada shoes back in the day that you'd kind of wear. So I definitely remember that era. It says, um, my cousin Darren was into Boy London. Oh, yeah, I remember that brand also. And he gave me a T-shirt, which was my most treasured possession. I still have it today. It's super thin and has a big acid smiley face on the front. I knew it represented something. It had a power over the government. I knew it meant something. I knew it represented a sort of mystery to the world. And it was then I understood the power of clothes. But Rose, at first, didn't realize she wanted to career in fashion. She did a foundation course at Camberwell College of Arts. And after a, molded, and after a module sorry, focused on textiles, she realized that working in industry was something that she'd be down with. She enrolled in fashion design at Middlesex University and found herself in menswear i love the fact that she didn't go to all the conventional ones there's no you know um ual central st martin sort of nonsense here she went to all the ones that back then you were told that if you went to these colleges to do fashion you might as well not bother you know what i mean that's kind of how they made it so they sold it to you that's probably the reason why i end up going to you know fucking um that's why i probably end up going to fucking um central st martin's myself because I generally did think that if I didn't go to any other design school apart from St. Martin's, that I wouldn't be able to design fucking, you know, furniture and products and shit, which is absolutely stupid. But hey, um, whatever. So clearly it's good to see that she did that. It continues. It's after graduating in 2002, she set up her t-shirt line LMNOP with a friend, Tamara Rothstein. We were really bored. Basically, we did 10 t-shirts. We had a friend running a showroom during London Fashion Week and they impressed buyers. Um, they really did surprise us, but LMNOP success didn't last largely because the pair wanted to explore new ventures and the brand folded yet rose had a taste for designing she applied for a loan um, of 1500 from the princess trust which was granted and in 2017 set up her penis label so i wonder if that brand is still around if people still have some lmnop lying around that they're probably still holding on to that that'll probably fetch a decent price you could probably have it in your archive and shit so that's pretty cool to see another one he says the british jamaican designer signature a conscious celebration of walks of life, notably those of periphery, is joined together by leather chaps and a double-breasted blazer that share the. It's short of a work weary and an interrogation of. It's an in, integration, sorry, of men's fashion works. 
I've always been drawn to the way men are told to dress. I've always wanted to my collections to feel quite eclectic. I like to play around with pink in particular, she says. An all winter 2013 bubblegum fluffball coat and a flash, flashing chap spring to mind. For a recent spring 2024 show staged in a packed out community centre in North London, Rose pushed this further. Muscle guys wore um, housery drawn up um, to the ankle below barely their vest and they wore bubblegum pink belts wearing cutesy little heart-shaped claps vest was cut so low the nipples were intentionally on display which i love again this is one of my favorite collections from her i'm still in love with these fucking pants so big up her but those early years in her own words were hell which is the surprising bit about it right she says rose was making her money i was working in bars as i designed clothes in my free time i was never really solely into fashion i couldn't care too much about martin rose i didn't make enough money to pay the rent she admits explaining that although she deemed cool for going against the typical fashion week schedule it was never intentional i had no money to show she says um of the catwalk shows can easily cost up to six figures six figures for a catwalk show can you imagine that um at times i didn't really know what i was doing so i worked and failed quietly in the background um fashion eases lulu kennedy and writer charlie porter big up him uh, he's got a great book out i remember i think called what artists wear i definitely need to check out and pick up and of course lulu kennedy is a fucking og in the scene um it says i was happy to just work in a bar just for the rest of my life she says but i had um but i had just right the amount of interest and support to make me not stop so in 2015, after years of grafting, Rose received an email from Balenciaga's newly appointed creative director, Demna Vasilia. Um, some would call it a dream, except Rose had never ever dared to dream about it. He somehow seen what I've been doing and wanted me to consult for him. Um, that led to further recognition. My brand began to make money. It was like someone had flipped the switch and we were suddenly commercial. And now here collab, the, 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 the kind of. So it's just funny to just see that somebody on fucking Martin Rose level could be flipping working at a bar struggling to fucking pay rent from her clear obvious talent it goes to show just how fucking fraught the industry is just how difficult it is to kind of make it happen especially if you're on the kind of design side of things even just working in a showroom as an assistant as a fucking buyer wherever it may be back behind the scenes it must be so hard because from what i remember getting into the scene or in the industry sorry it's obviously an industry that a lot of people are passionate about like you know there's a lot there's probably too many people and not enough jobs and the ones that do get the jobs don't ever leave because it's obviously a job of your dreams right to be surrounded by clothes to be going to all the fucking fashion weeks to be at fucking press shows to be invited to all the cool store openings and private views and meeting all these interesting industry people and parties and whatnot it's a really interesting life and a cool life if you like that sort of stuff but but clearly it's a very competitive industry to get involved in and you know the money isn't the greatest as well especially if you're just doing this sort of like cool type of stuff most of those things don't really pay that well so it's fairly difficult to kind of get a strong footing into it but it's just wild to me that somebody as talented as marty rose was in that position if not worse but you know through some lucky breaks here and there she was able to kind of strive and progress and to get to the point where she is now that kind of allowed the kind of brown to kind of flourish and get to a point where it is now so it's kind of great to see that the story kind of panned out but as per usual it is a bit of a cautionary tale to say that you know nothing is sort of promised in fashion nothing is kind of this you know you don't really you're not in, entitled to anything just because you have like i have you know extensive knowledge about collections and you know about some industry politics type of shit and you know you can recognize brands all the stuff doesn't matter 
you really have to show and prove um, when given the chance. And even then, there's no guarantee that you're going to get a job for life. There's no guarantee you're going to get any type of opportunity, really and truly. So big up Martin Rose for continuing to strive and prosper and to kind of get over the line. And I'm glad it kind of worked out for her all going forward. So that's courtesy of flipping GQ. If you want to read the entire thing, you can. Um, link will be in the description for you to check out if you do. Link will be in the description if you want to check out if you do. Moving on from that one, we have this also to talk about, which is courtesy of Hypebeast, which features Martin Rose's um, collection, courtesy of Nike Football. Um, they're doing a collab, which I actually saw the women's, I think the American women's teams wearing the other day when they played a friendly. Um, I'm not really into it personally. Um, the only thing that I'm probably a little bit interested in are the Nike shocks. These sort of mule things that she's got, collab that she kind of does. But if you look at the kind of clothes themselves, she's essentially made this um, really um, upscaled, luxe, I guess you call it tailored collection for the women's football team in some way, shape or form with a lot of nice bits of tailoring in terms of shirts and trousers and shit, which looks really cool in terms of, you know, imagine it being a collection that's made between Martin Rose and Nike and you've been able to make trench coats and scarves and trousers and button up shirts and shit. I feel all of that stuff looks really decent. I definitely did see somebody, like I said before, in Margate wearing a pair of these martin rose mule shock things which look really good they're a lot more pointier and longer in real life i guess because i was a dude also so he had bigger feet so he looked way longer but they did look really good with the kind of socks pulled up towards the knees like you're playing football and i think he had on some you know faux football shirts and a faux football you know shorts and shirt and he looked really great to be fair i saw this guy in margate wearing it so I'm kind of thinking maybe I need to get a pair of those fucking Nike shocks myself. There's a pair of glasses included in the collection, which looks fucking banging too. These some these visors that got Martin Rose written on the fucking bar here. You got Martin Rose, Nike swoosh, Martin Rose, Nike swoosh. These look fucking great. I love the look of those. Again, you see some of the detail and the tailoring of the jackets on the on the blazer here with the, with the fucking swoosh in the front. Same thing goes for the shirts which made out of interesting fabric in it. The fabric is interesting because it looks like the same fabric you'd get from a football shirt, but it's just been made into a button-up shirt, which looks really interesting. I'm not really too mad at that. I'm not mad at that in the slightest. The execution is very great. Great bit of tailoring there. Looks like it fits our figure amazing with the little label here just above the pants. I love the look of those. That logo here with the ball of swooshes is really cool also on the shirts. And again, here are the Martin Rose Shock Mules. They're a very Marmite shoe. Um, regular shocks are a little bit more rounded at the front, and I don't think they're as high, and clearly it's a mule. It's not like a sneaker. I still would have preferred if she did, did these in a sneaker just for once. I'm not sure if that's ever going to happen, but I would like to see them made in like a regular sneaker and just without the mule. Maybe they've come out already. I'm not really too sure, but I do still like them as a sort of like risque fashion shoe because I like the fact that, that whenever Martin Rose has collaborated with Nike, she's always done stuff that's a bit, you know, a little bit more out of the ordinary it's not just a conventional sneaker collab she's always kind of challenged the consumer um to kind of you know try some interesting things with different shapes and shit um this kind of yellowy uh orange colorway is really nice with the neon there you've got a nice little teal with the purple colorway there also and yeah i'm not really too mad at it in the slightest i think it looks really good let's read the flipping blurb it says British Jamaican. I love when they always do this with, with fucking designers. British Jamaican. As if like this influences anything that you do or matters really in the, 
anyway, whatever. Uh, let me just read the thing. It's the British Jamaican designer recognized for a boundary breaking approach to traditional menswear and often pays tribute to her home grounds rose pre recently presented her spring 2024 collection in north london after much speculation or anticipation sorry the former has finally arrived nike officially uh, revealed in the march rose's next partnership take inspiration from female football players and genderless traditional tailoring the collaboration opens the doors to a next generation of football enthusiasts dissolving gender stereotypes in sports i guess because she does it in her own collections right she i don't think there is such a thing as martin rose women's or men's it's all just kind of you know gender neutral shit um which kind of is cool it kind of is gender neutral but kind of isn't because you know the girls wear basically the girls items in some respects so you know it's, it's, it's suggestive neutrality let's call it that um the collection emulates traditional player wardrobes from getting off the plane to arriving on the pitch the offering to keep female players suited and booted for the next match featuring tonally stripped co-branded shirting with custom football patches football suits are done up with the faint indentations and swoosh chest embroidery which trench coats boast um, additional sleeves that loops through to the front visor like sunglasses and stockings and gloves complete the accessories lines as for the footwear mattress introduces the second nike shock mule um mr4 installment uh, the previous pair released were white and black blah, blah blah take a closer look and the collection will be available on the 25th uh, via martin rose um, and on sneakers on the 27th so if you want to get a bit of look closer look at those or you want to purchase them yourself check them out on those particular dates the martin rose and nike football collection is there and ready to go so check that out if you're that inclined and then we also got this courtesy of hypebeast which is a preview of dimes up and coming collaborations uh, dime obviously are a skateboard brand for the most part based in canada if i'm not mistaken and they've done some interesting collabs over the years personally i've been a fan of most of what they've done but it seems like they're sort of like venturing off into the you know lifestyle um type of things that they're trying to do going forward now where it's not just specifically skateboarding it's more so just generic lifestyle streetwear type of stuff um maybe kind of bleeding into the fashion world with these collaboration with asics and asics is kind of you know the brand that everybody now is sort of like jacking after everybody's kind of killed um new balance i feel like asics and sakorni and deodora are kind of like the next kind of brands that all the fashion kids are sort of jumping on especially now that solomon is sort of like dying a slow death and all the normie girls out there are wearing flipping solomon shoes to go festivals in and basically killing that shoe you know one step at a time but i'm not really too mad at these interesting kind of again interesting iteration or kind of flip to do because you know you've got a traditional what you'd call skateboarding brand now doing lifestyle shoes that aren't really anything to do with skateboarding unless they say these have been specifically engineered or kind of like done in a way where they do would work well with somebody who'd want to skate them but i think these mesh size and these kind of open side panels here wouldn't really work too well if you were going to be ollieing um using these shoes or flipping your board wherever it may be but I do like the model themselves. These are Asics um, GT2160. The shape of them is really nice in terms of the silhouette. Um, I like how sleek they look. Um, this extra kind of bulbous back is something that I'm always a fan of because most likely I'd have pants that are going to cover this side of things anyway. But if I'm going to have a chunkier bulbousy part of my sneaker, please let it be the heel because I can hide that or it's at the back and then let the front of the shoe be a little bit more sleek and obviously it looks a little bit more narrow towards the front and the sides 
which will probably lend to it to be looking well for people that have a little bit more narrow feet than I do. But I think you'll think I can make these work. And I do like the fact that the sole looks a little bit thicker than other ASICs that I'm kind of used to, unless the it's a bit deceptive and your foot sort of sits down here. But I feel like this this kind of heel side gives an indication on what the sole looks like. Um, and you've got the little adornment of the Dime logo here towards the back here that's been kind of embossed on. You got the Essex logo there with a nice, you know, mix of mesh and what looks like. I'm not too sure if it's like a lever too along the front there, a bit of 3M also. So nice little applications and mixes there. And the colors are really nice. You got that nice olivey color, and then you've got this really crisp white, um, almost grayish whiteness. I'm not too sure what color that you're gonna call this here. Maybe your olive tan here towards the back, which I'm really a fan of. And I love the gradient. I love how it kind of, you know fades into it being pure white towards the front so you've got this really nice kind of gray tonal here and it kind of fades into this kind of flush white towards the front here the only thing i'm not really a big fan if i'm going to be a bit of a nitpicker is this color combination here i'd much rather they switch this around so you see how it kind of goes dark towards the toe box and it kind of you know uh transitions and blends out into white i'll probably flip it the other way around so that this darker colorway is here and it kind of then bleeds into it being white. So you kind of got this clear white tip at the front here a little bit. I probably prefer it a little bit more. But apart from that, I think they look fairly cool. Um, just as, yeah, yeah, so it's, I guess now Hypebeast are calling them a streetwear brand. But I know Dime to be a skateboarding label for the most part. But hey, it says here, Montreal-based streetwear label Dime made its presence felt during Paris Fashion Week in spring 2024 by unveiling a new footwear collaboration with Essex. And after teasing the cream and grey colorway, it appears that a green and navy iteration has also been produced as label's co-owner Vincent Tang um, has teased it. Like its sibling, the variation bears a gradient theme as the dusted green toe boxes. A dime collar is always positioned in the silver text on the lateral heel toe. So obviously you've got that white colorway that we spoke about earlier. Um, that we've seen here featured in maybe some of the uh, activations they did here clearly with people and shit. You've got another pair of assets collaborations here with another designer, I forgot the name. So clearly there's a lot of kind of work being put into you know pushing asics out there and up here with people and shit you got the green colorway here featured in the back and you've got some more bits and bobs here and the founder but yeah so that's what we got so far no deals and the dates coming up i'm sure we're gonna see them sometime soon i'm sure we're gonna see them fairly soon if i had to kind of pick actually colorway wise what would i prefer i'd probably go for the greens i'm not gonna lie how much as i like the whites i think that little detail with the color you know that gradient here i kind of prefer it if you slip around i sort of prefer the greens are ready to go from the you know from the from the shelf straight onto the foot this sort of like olive green color will look amazing as well they'd kind of be a little more versatile for me also and a little bit more different to what i've already got in my wardrobe i've already got tons of fucking white shoes maybe a pair of olive green shoes like these will probably go really well with the stuff that i'm already currently wearing so yep big fan of those hopefully those asx g2 um one six zeros for dime come out fairly soon hopefully they do come out fairly fairly soon anyway that has been the excellent english episode number what 693 um thank you so much for tuning in been a pleasure to have your company as per usual 
Um, if you've been tuning into the show via the live stream, I do appreciate you. Please make sure that you smash the like button down below for me. If you've enjoyed the show, if you've been tuning into the show um, later down the line, um, listening to the show via the audio platform side of things, please make sure that you leave me a five-star review on your podcast app, wherever you listen to, whether it's Apple, whether it's Spotify, so people can view the show and see that people are listening to it and they like it and whatnot. That would be greatly appreciated. But until next time my friends and family for those of you listening to the audio side of things you hear my tune of the day if you listen to the video or watch the video sorry you will just hear see it fade to black and i'll see you guys again on the other side so until then take care my friends be well be safe peace if you're looking for trouble you came to the right place if you're looking for trouble just look right in my face I was born standing up And talking back My daddy was a green-eyed Mountain Jack Because I'm Surround with me. I never looked for trouble, but I never ran. I don't take no orders, no kind of man. I'm only made out flesh, blood, and bone. But if you're gonna start a rumble, don't you try it all alone. Oh, don't you mess around.